This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. It's time to get inspired. The award-winning Carrie Murphy Show, Straight Talk for the Soul, is about to begin. This internationally syndicated radio program hosted by Carrie Murphy is designed to provide you with a sacred space to rejuvenate your spirit, expand the horizons of your imagination, and unleash your greatest potential. Following a near-death experience in 1997, Carrie's mission became clear. She is dedicated to awakening and empowering millions globally. Carrie invites you to visit her website at www.carriemurphy.com. That's C-A-R-I-M-U-R-P-H-Y.com to learn about her Soul Success Life and Business Coaching Services, her books, speaking events, and more. You can also contact Carrie and her team directly at 1-800-704-SOUL. Welcome to the Carrie Murphy Show, Straight Talk for the Soul, your weekly multivitamin for the body, mind, and spirit, hosted by Carrie Murphy. As an award-winning media personality, inspirational speaker, best-selling author, and soul success coach, Carrie is devoted to offering you energetic and practical insights to support you in claiming the inner worth, outer wealth, and optimal health you desire and deserve. And now, it's time to get started with some straight talk for the soul. Let's welcome your host, Carrie Murphy. Welcome to the Straight Talk for the Soul Global Masterclass Series. I'm Carrie Murphy, your host and the creator of this amazing, incredible, phenomenal series. Uh, I'd like to extend a bright and a beautiful good morning, good afternoon, good day to each of you tuning in from around the world, whether it's your first time joining us or if you've been listening in live or to the replays. It is a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, I do want to take a moment, express my heartfelt gratitude for all the powerful feedback uh, I'm getting on a daily basis. It really, really warms my heart to realize the significant impact uh, the series is having on your lives and in your journeys uh, with your heart, your spirit, your health, your expansion, your healing, your connection to who you are in your totality, in your wholeness. Uh, it's why I do it. So please continue to share your feelings and experiences. I read it all and extend all my love and appreciation to each of you for being a part of this uh, sacred circle of light in this family here. And today, 
Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And Nora Harold is here as my co-creative partner and playmate and uh, is certain to be a, an illuminating, joyful, loving call with Nora and the Palladian Collective. So fasten those energetic seatbelts because we're going to go on yet another profoundly beautiful adventure together today. Uh, I want to let you know that we are taking your questions today, so press star 2 on your phone if you've called in uh, to let us know that you would like us to consider you today. And we'll be getting to some of those questions a little bit later. Uh, for now, I encourage you to slow down, breathe deeply and fully, uh, shake out your hands and just rotate your body, your neck, your shoulders, get the energy flowing. And just continue to breathe. And I always like to remind you to smile. That's how we lighten up. We smile. We can place our hands on our, on our hearts. And uh, I invite you to set an intention for what you want to experience with us today. And just open your heart to receive all the, the love that will be shared on our call today. Okay, let me tell you about Nora. And then we are going to get started, my friends. Um, in 1990, Nora picked up her first deck of tarot cards after a reader suggested to her that she might benefit from them. This had only confirmed a desire that she had felt since childhood, which was a desire to reach beyond the physical, to reach into other realms, to experience a connection. She began working with her deck on a daily basis, diving into the tarot, the imagery, the feelings provoked by those images. And soon she began reading for friends and relatives and really deepened her connections and abilities. In 1996, Nora established con conscious contact with the play and her spirit guides, which triggered an awakening of her abilities and gave her access to her own records. She now channels a multitude of high vibrational beings, including the Palladian Collective, Yeshua, the Lyrans, the Lemurians. Um, and then in, 19, um, no, in 2007, she began receiving information, sharing specific techniques and technology to facilitate the integration of the fifth dimensional identity and the reascension process. And this has become the foundation for her work. Uh, the Palladians offer energetic transmissions and unconditional love, along with the information that they share that facilitates the deactivation of implants, transmutation of trauma, the activation of the sovereign self, and the ability to operate from joy. So on today's call, our intention is to support you in accessing your sovereign identity, um, opening up to a transmission of unconditional love from the Pleiadians today, um, activate a vibratory rate of joy from within, so you have the opportunity to use that joy as a foundation for your creations. I am feeling like this is going to be a really powerful call, so let's go ahead and get started. I'd love to welcome Nora to the show. Nora, welcome. Hi, Carrie. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much, Carrie, for having me here with you and your wonderful audience. Oh, you're so welcome. I've been feeling it all morning. This is going to be a this is going to be a good one. <laughs> They're all good. What do I say? But this is going to be special. Well, um, and yeah. and we're 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 connecting at such a powerful time right now. Uh, there's yes. so many things occurring. Uh, astrologically with this big full moon that we have coming in to our sphere tonight into tomorrow. Um, uh, it's it's just intense right now. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yay! Let's talk about this intensity, Nora. Let's go into that a little bit. Let's just jump right in. Um, talk a little bit about what's going on right now. 
Uh, greetings, Carrie. This is the Pleiadian Collective. It is wonderful to have the opportunity to connect with you. So we know you want to talk with Nora about her journey as a channel, and we'll we'll definitely give her back to you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to actually address your your opening question here and work with. Uh, all of you tuning in right now to help you ease through the intensity that you're experiencing and have a more effortless experience while being activated and triggered as you all are. So mm -hmm. the thing you've got to remember is it's not a matter right now of skipping along joyfully as if nothing is happening, right? right. <laughs> because that's, that's unrealistic, and more often than not, when you all try to do that, all you do is end up leaving your bodies and existing only in your upper chakra systems, and then you can't stay there for very long, so you, you eventually land back in your bodies and open up to what's happening in your lower chakra systems, meaning chakras one, two, and three, and suddenly you find this backlog of emotions and stuff and energetic disorder to deal with because you've been off flying around trying to be all light, right, to avoid, <laughs> to avoid the dark because sometimes the ideology is, okay, if I want to create a joyful reality for myself, then I have to remain joyful at all times. And then what can happen is you create these moments of avoidance and denial and disconnection from the reality of your experience. Mm -hmm. So what's happening on your world right now is that you've taken yourselves into a period of acceleration, an acceleration of your transmutation of trauma and your celestial friends, meaning your Planetary bodies there projecting themselves into 3D reality are facilitating this journey for you all by aligning themselves in some pretty intense retrogrades, conjunctions, oppositions, etc. that are forcing you all to stay in your bodies and feel your stuff. Mm, fun, fun. <laughs> yes, that's right. And mm -hmm. it's funny that you say that, Carrie, because we know from your <laughs> perspective, all of you, at times this can feel incredibly daunting and challenging. And many of you say, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> right? Coming in this time for this mm -hmm. journey. And yet, prior to incarnating, this felt like more fun than any of you can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. Because what you get in the third dimensional experience is the opportunity to run the illusion that you are separate from source. That you get to have an emotional experience. You get to play out all of these dramas. And then, within the context of having a regular old third dimensional experience you got in this lifetime to remember fully that you are source energy, that you are love incarnate. Mm -hmm. So the way 
through this period of intensity, and when we say period of intensity, we're not speaking in the short term here. You all are in this now. You are in the acceleration of your shift. And it is a game that you're going to be playing for the majority of this incarnation now. However long you choose to be here aligned with this body and whatever Whatever vibratory rates your bodies wind up in eventually, right? So you're in it now. You're accelerating through it. And the way through is to feel it all from your third dimensional perspective, right? So mm-hmm. fully. Your sadness, your loss, your grief, your happiness, your joy, your excitement, your passion, your creativity. Feel it all. And then at the same time, Observe yourself as you feel, holding unconditional acceptance and love. Yeah, that's crucial. That compassion for ourselves during uh, during all these moments of experiencing everything, um, having compassion and unconditional love is is vital. Yes, and what happens when you activate your ability to observe is that you activate your fifth dimensional consciousness or your higher self from within, right? So for much of this incarnation, you all believed you were 3D beings, third dimensional beings, and that your higher selves were these beings that existed, oh, somewhere above or outside of you, right? And then... As you all began to awaken, you started to recognize the presence of your higher selves more in your day-to-day lives. The higher self energy felt nearer to you. Once you moved through that gateway at the end of 2012 and deactivated all of your enslavement programs, Mm -hmm. you began to identify as your higher self. Suddenly, you could find the energy of your higher self from within, not just in your heart chakra or in your upper chakras, in your lower chakras as well. So let's say you're running an issue around a relationship, all right? So relationships are central to your work on planet Earth. And when we say relationship, it can be a sexual or romantic one, or it can be any kind of relationship. So you all have some kind of relationship, quote-unquote, issue (laughs) that you're dealing with right now Mm -hmm. and we put the word issue in quotation marks because (laughs) issue is a word that you've come up with really to just describe uh fear so if you have an issue what you're really accessing on a deeper level is a fear so all of you right now just tune in to something fear that's getting activated in you in connection to a relationship it can be a relationship even with yourself right now that you're having if you can't identify that fear being activated with someone around you and just take a breath and let yourself in this moment feel your fear fully without judgment we can see some of you saying I don't want to feel that fear if I feel it I'll give it power I'll start to create from it. Look, if it's if it's there, you're already feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can't <laughs> talk yourself into unfeeling something that you're already in the process of feeling, right? So mm-hmm. let yourselves really feel it, right? Have it. 
And as you feel in your 3D self, now invite your 5D self to observe as you feel the fear. And notice already a shift that occurs. And Carrie, we know you're running this as we're giving it. So you, we can feel you wanting to give feedback here. <laughs> no, I, I do feel it. I think what happens is the the pressure is lifted when it's felt from the higher perspective. Yes. It doesn't feel as daunting. It doesn't feel, well, it's a different perspective. It's a higher perspective. So, yes. Um, yeah. You could feel the lightness from that. There's an ease. That yes. Comes. Yes. So you're still there in the fear, and yet you're also in a lighter space at the same time. And now mm -hmm. allow your higher self to begin to send unconditional love to the traumatized aspects of you in 3D, whether it be this lifetime or any other lifetime, that originally created the fear. Mm-hmm. Because the higher self's not holding the fear, and the fear is just a result of trauma. Right. So right now on your world, there's an intensification happening, an acceleration happening when it comes to transmutation of trauma. And as you all transmute these traumas, whether they be specific to this incarnation or any other lifetime, and that is also the work you're doing, right? So it's not mm -hmm. just your childhood stuff and your relationship stuff right now. It is any and all trauma that has gone untransmuted from other experiences as well as those in this lifetime. Now, you've had mm -hmm. lots of trauma in other lifetimes, all of you, where you did transmutation work in that lifetime. You were able to resolve it. So it's not like you're handling any and all trauma you've ever experienced. It's the missing pieces, right, mm -hmm. that creates kind of these oh distortions in your energetic field that disallow you from fully being your higher self in the moment. So as you access them, so you're going to use your day-to-day -day life right now to show you all your trauma. So your bigger world stage is providing you a fantastic template to play <laughs> right now, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. As well as your personal experiences. And as you do that and you, as you transmute the trauma, suddenly your higher self is more integrated. You are more your higher self in your body, and then you are able to operate from frequency and vibration as opposed to using your emotions, the density of your emotions, mm -hmm. to create your world. Yes. You're creating from a space of lightness rather than just that heavy <laughs> the heavy emotional reaction, um, you know, is lifted. And uh, and that's something we could all use. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what does all of this have to do with um, – I, I would love to, to go into a little bit of – I'm feeling compelled to ask you a little bit about the galactic history specific to – um, Earth, the Orion Wars. I mean, because there's a lot of things. Trauma um, is that somehow all related, or what? Can Absolutely. You say to that? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. And that, that's a fantastic question. And your trauma relating to the destruction of the first Earth. Mm hmm. 
is absolutely being activated right now, and it has been heightened for you over the last few years. Okay. So some of you are hearing that term first earth and destruction of the first earth for the first time right now. So we want you to just notice how you feel in your bodies when you hear that, the destruction of the first earth. We're talking about a planet different from the planet you currently call earth. This is a planet that existed outside, just outside of Orion's belt. It was inhabited by beings who you would define genetically as fairy, three third-dimensional fairy, right? And they created a civilization called Lemuria. So we're talking mm -hmm. about the origins of Lemuria and the first Earth. Now, this planet that you currently call Earth existed at the same time as that planet, and this planet was called something else back then. What was it called? Yeah, this is Nora. I have never been able to access that piece of information. Mm, okay. Okay. So I can't get it from the Pleiadians. I can't get it from the Lyrans. It's, you know, <laughs> okay. Gaia, Gaia floats in when you ask the question, but I know that's not exactly right. So I'm aware that we will remember that name mm -hmm. at a very important part of our journey here as we claim, reclaim our sovereign identities in a, in a greater way alongside Earth itself. So we're talking about this planet as Earth itself is increasing its vibratory rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's, a fascin it's fascinating to be a channel. And, and all of you out there, so many of you tuning in, you know, I know that you have your own uh, channeling experiences and psychic and intuitive experiences. It's a fascinating moment when you go to access a piece of information and you come up upon what feels to me like an encrypted file. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm always aware that that encryption is there for a reason. It serves yes. a purpose. Yes. That, that well, I thought I would ask. <laughs> I love that, I love that you asked. No, I love that you asked because it allows us the opportunity to talk about this piece, that mm -hmm. there are some pieces of information, some transmissions, some energy uh, that we're not ready to play with yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And timing is essential in our journey here, in our evolutionary process. So what I'm also aware of is, I've been aware of this myself, if I access a piece of information, quote-unquote, too early or too soon, or give it to the collective too early or too soon, it doesn't have the impact that it would have if it came through mm -hmm. in that divine right time. Yes. Yes, and that was more of a curiosity question. It didn't feel that important. It was a yeah. curiosity <laughs> oh, asked it because I'm curious as hell about it myself. I'm like, <laughs> Why can't I know that name? Like, I can see all of you out there going like, oh, is it this? Is it that? Right? So, <laughs> game we're playing. And, and perhaps it's that we're recreating a new yeah. name for this world. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I liked where it was going, um, talking about Lemuria existing at the same time um, yes. as yes. the first Earth. Yes. Um, yes. I'd love to continue with that. We'll jump back in on that. Absolutely. Okay. So 
the Lemurians were third-dimensional beings who had access to their fifth-dimensional technology. So they were fully telekinetic, telepathic, had teleportation abilities. They had all their internal technology running, right? And uh, war broke out, started by beings in the Orion system who wanted to claim more territory and property for themselves throughout this sector of the galaxy and perhaps expand that out into the universe. So the Orions triggered this conflict and any and all extraterrestrial race that you have all heard from, talked about, visited with, thought about, became <laughs> involved in this conflict. So you have on planet Earth your world wars, right, that seem to involve the majority of your planet. So this was the Orion Wars was a series of conflicts that lasted over a thousand years, wow. including mm -hmm. all extraterrestrial races and species. Alliances were forged. Alliances were broken. Set up this incredible drama. Mm-hmm. The Lemurians wanted nothing to do with it on the first Earth. So they created cloaking technology that shielded the planet from the rest of the universe and basically disappeared to everyone else and remained hidden for a thousand plus years doing their own thing in their own very separate way. So this dovetails along with this idea of leaving your body, right? Mm -hmm. Not wanting to steal, wanting to live up in the high, high lands and pretend as if the mm -hmm. darkness does not exist. Yes, so mm -hmm. eventually a Lyran ship, badly in distress, entered the atmosphere of the first Earth. It had drifted its systems were no longer functional, and the Lemurians made a decision to let their cloaking technology down and help facilitate the Lyran beings. And the ship crash landed on the planet, and the Lyrans emerged, those who had survived, and the Lemurians took care of them, and a love affair began. Hmm. The Lemurians and the Lyrans. The Lyrans were highly advanced in their external technology and were fascinated by the Lemurians and their exceptional internal technology and vice versa. And the Lyrans were not disconnected from their emotions. They still had strong emotional experiences, but they overvalued a bit their intellectual experience. So, these mm -hmm. two races decided to create a hybrid and were very successful very rapidly in creating uh, a new species that carried all of the information from Lyra and all of the information from Lemuria. And then the Pleiadians and the Sirens, who had formed an alliance at that point in time, who were warring with the Lyrans, had been observing all of this and knew they couldn't get to the planetary systems there in Lyra, so they set their sights on the first Earth. The Lyrans got wind of the potential disaster coming, evacuated 
the hybrids, some of the original Lemurians, and the Pleiadians and the Syrians blew up the first Earth. Mm-hmm. And that well, Nora, what was the name of that species uh, between the two, the Lemurians and the Lyrans? Uh, they were always, this is the Pleiadians here, they were always defined as the Lyran-Lemurian hybrids. Oh, the hybrids, okay. Okay, thank you. So that planet was destroyed. Some of the ships that were evacuating were lost in the destruction, and that kind of ragtag band of ships and survivors made their way to this planet. This planet had been scouted prior as a potential escape place for the Lyrans should they be in need. So Earth is very Earth was away from all of this, not involved in any of this particular conflict. Came so they came to this planet they had scouted a civilization that was somewhat advanced, uh, grabbed it as their own, landed their ships. Uh, so you've got beings on this world watching ships come in and land, um, projecting identities of gods and goddesses onto the beings emerging from the ships. Of course, they were mm-hmm. in complete control, right? Took over that civilization, renamed that civilization Lemuria, and renamed this planet Earth. How long ago was that? Hundreds of thousands of years ago, all right? Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. was, and here's the thing, Carrie. We're giving you one timeline, one particular mm-hmm. version of events. What you know is that there are parallel realities happening all along that don't dovetail with this particular information. Okay. So giving specific dates and times is Mm -hmm. challenging and even confusing for some of you because you're also remembering other versions of reality where this story doesn't quite align with, not completely. Mm -hmm. You know, this is Nora Carey. I'm suddenly getting a a really... um, loud echo on my uh in my headset my voice is coming back at me in my headset it just started about a minute ago i'm sorry okay. to say, but um perhaps i should do you uh, want to call back in. yeah yeah it's okay. just wait wait oh it just stopped <laughs> okay <laughs> okay all hey. right so y'all, I hear enough voices in my head when I hear my own voice coming back at me too. Like it's too much. <laughs> yeah, it's very challenging to focus. All right, this is the Pleiadian, so let's wrap this up. All right, so they, okay. they, 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 you all, right? So if you all are listening to this today, you all were there in some way, shape, or form. You were Lyran, you were original Lemurian, you were one of the hybrids, or perhaps you were all three. Mm-hmm. We're giving this information, and Carrie, we know you're feeling strong resonance with um, the information and mm-hmm. the story as you're finding your own identity here and accessing a piece of trauma here. And it's important that you remember as we give you this information, even though we say it happened a long, long time ago, it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now. You are all experiencing the destruction of your world, a world that was destroyed in part because you tried to hide and separate yourself out from the universal game. 
So talk about a backlog, right, of energy mm-hmm. and emotional, right? So that's the co-creative aspect there, right? So you look at, you can look at the the Lemurians as victims, or you can see them as co-creators. And we would ask you always to look at yourselves as co-creators, to take yourself out of the victim perpetrator game and really see with clarity how your actions, your thoughts, your feelings, or the things you've been avoiding have allowed you to create the moment you're in. So those beings all came here, they took over Lemuria, and then created another race using the genetic material from this world, using the humans from this planet. That race race was very hard to create because the vibratory rate of the humans here was much, much lower than the vibratory rate of the Lyrans, the Lemurians, and the hybrids. But they were successful. Eventually, you all were successful and created this this race that carried with it all the genetic information from Lyra, from the first Earth, and from this planet. And then right before Lemuria fell on this Earth, all of those hybrids were sent to Atlantis in secret. Mm-hmm. And on Atlantis, they created families and had children. And when Atlantis fell, those being scattered across the planet, every single one of you carries this genetic code, the genetic code from the Lyran-Lemuria hybrids that was created on the first earth. It is the unifying genetic piece of information in your bodies. Every single earthling on earth has it. So not all of you have Pleiadian genetic material. Not all of you have Arcturan genetic material. Not all of you have Syrian genetic material. You get where we're going on and on. Mm -hmm. You all have this piece. And as you transmit the trauma of the destruction of the first earth, it will become a unifier. It is already becoming a unifier on your world. It's already happening. Yeah. When Lemuria, this latest time, fell, um, are, did some of the Lemurians go into the inner earth? Yes. Or, uh-huh. Yeah. And Lemuria fell because... All right, so there's the other timeline on this planet of the living library and the creation of this world using genetic information from all beings all over the universe, right? That was the original concept for this planet that you call Earth. Mm -hmm. It was to be a genetic melting pot of the universe, the living library, so to speak. So any being from the universe could visit this world to access information about any other being across the universe and interact directly with that genetic material. And then at some point, other beings came here and took apart that original intention and, quote-unquote, dumbed you all down Mm -hmm. to the very simple, what appears to be very simple, two-stranded, double-helix DNA versions of yourselves, right? So then those beings that interfered left. Mm Mm-hmm. Suddenly those beings were returning, and the Lyrans who had remained to kind of act as guardians over Lemuria here on Earth knew those beings were returning and knew they were going to want to dismantle the work they had done on Lemuria, creating these hybrids. So the hybrids were sent off to Atlantis in secret, and the Lyrans destroyed Lemuria. 
Okay. See, that's, that, this is Nora here. So that, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the piece that really almost always hurts the worst when mm-hmm. I think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I, you know, remember witnessing that destruction of Lemuria, hundreds of thousands of earthlings being killed by the Lyrans mm-hmm. in an effort to hide their work from these other extraterrestrial beings, you know, and the Lyrans, right, sacrificing these beings for the greater good, and yet we're, that's, you know, some of the karma we're all dealing yes. with. Yeah. And then some of the other Lemurians went where? Underground. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, and are they still there? Yes, this is a yeah. Pleiadian, yes, but they're in a way that's very hard for you to that to access because not really under the ground right yes that's right is that mount shasta area under there or yes and places in the hawaiian islands Mm -hmm. and there are other places and and one of the reasons why you all can never find uh atlantis quote-unquote atlantis right Mm-hmm. Is because when Atlantis fell, all right, so Atlantis fell due to natural disasters, uh, but ultimately due to the split between the male and female energy on your world. It was mm-hmm. on Atlantis where that rip occurred that forced you into highly polarized reality due to conflicts emerging between the male and female energy, not men and women. The male and female energy. So try to get out of gender yes. about this mm-hmm. and think instead in terms of yin and yang. And power. Mm-hmm. Yes. And neither was more powerful than the other, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was just a rip, literally, that mm-hmm. occurred. Think about those energies ripping apart, separating into two, and then the physical manifestation of that via earthquakes and volcanoes and weather patterns that is what destroyed atlantis and when atlantis fell itself it broke into many many pieces that physically scattered across your world as the many atlanteans who left on ships scattered across the world themselves so many many died when atlantis fell but many also survived just like the sinking of the titanic right you had all those who Mm -hmm. died yet you had many survivors so the same is true with atlantis okay and so that after that happened what occurred here on the planet so what occurred on your world at that time then was what looks like a new beginning a new chapter and it was the creation of patriarchy and your civilizations now. That was the foundation of it. So it looked like when Atlantis fell in some ways, it looked like the kind of the male, the patriarchal energy won, right? You had matriarchal societies and you had some of that more uh, divine yin energy travel to parts of the world. You had the divine Yang energy traveled to parts of the world, but the Yang energy worked in a way that it was able then to overpower the Yin energy on your world. And that's the template you've been running now for eons, and that Mm -hmm. is one of the templates that's coming to an end. You're witnessing now and collectively creating the death of patriarchy. 
that, yes. that, that doesn't mean you're going to move into matriarchy because you've had those civilizations already. You're going to move into a state of oneness. You're going to remember your whole beings. It mm-hmm. is incredibly painful at times, this birthing process for all of you. And it's happening in real time in your lives right now, in the microcosmic experience of your day-to-day lives, and then in the macro experience as you look at the geopolitical environment. Mm-hmm. So from the Palladian perspective, how are things going as <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to put it. That's a fantastic question, Carrie. It's looking right now as if things are getting darker. Yes, it looks that way. All that's happening is the big zit has popped, right? Mm -hmm. The darkness has all come up to the surface, and you're dealing with it. You're forcing yourselves to deal with your own darkness in day-to-day reality. From our perspective, you all have never shown more brightly. Beautiful to hear. (laughs) And what is your role um, in supporting us at this time? Our our role with you primarily is it's so it's it's twofold. It's to operate as certainly as guides and as family to a lot of you, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of yes, Pleiadian in origin. So you connect with us and you expand into your greater identity. And also, we are tied to you in our own evolutionary process. We were here in Earth's creation to help seed the planet. We were part of that energy that came and destroyed the original work here, took apart the original human, dumbed down the human. So when we say we, we don't mean this collective specifically because we're talking, we're not 3D beings. We're uh, in a 12th dimensional vibration. We're a collective of light beings like you would interact with angelic entities, uh, Yeshua or some of your spirit guides, right, that project mm-hmm. them only as light. So when we say we, we're talking about third, fourth, and fifth dimensional versions of Pleiadians that did that work, right, that came and created okay. a most. Mm-hmm. most in 3D, yes, most mm-hmm. with 3D. So came, created, came, took apart. So there are still Pleiadians living in 3D timelines who cannot evolve themselves until Earth is once again as it was intended, that living library of experience. The integration of the higher selves and the reascension process that's just a happy surprise. <laughs> That's funny. A happy surprise, huh? It was not really the original intent as we interacted mm-hmm. with you all that we were we were just trying to put our work back the way it was. Right. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I love your laugh. Um, <laughs> That's Nora laughing at that piece of information. It's just yes. so funny to look at the Pleiadians, like the 3D Pleiadians scratching their heads going like, huh, oh, yeah, I can't redo that homework. I right. have to do something 
do now. <laughs> oh my gosh. So a lot of this is just the transmutation of the trauma, right? For all of us. And that's what you're here to help us with. <laughs> and there's a, a piece that coincides with that. And then the other piece is to allow you to remember that you are your higher selves, that you are creator beings creating from frequency and vibration as mm -hmm. opposed to third dimensional beings who are attracting realities to them based on emotions, right? So in your 3D experience, you run your emotional body, you run off law of attraction, you attract to you via what it is you're feeling emotionally, whether you're conscious of the feeling or not, right? So a lot of you, let's use abundance and prosperity, right? A lot of you would use affirmation as a way, as a way to try to mm -hmm. <laughs> operate as attractors, right? And would say, I am rich, I am rich, I am rich, right? You chant that over and over, <laughs> right? Hold that in your upper chakras. Meanwhile, in your lower chakras, you're feeling poor and broke and undeserving and broken. So what you end up manifesting and attracting to you then in your day-to-day -day reality is a very watered-down version of prosperity mm -hmm. because your emotions always trump your mental body. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They use that word. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what we're showing ourselves now in our yeah. political reality, that the emotions are, are trumping all of it right now to help us get in touch with everything we need to heal and transmute? So it sounds like what you're saying with regard to, like, the law of attraction yeah. um, is applicable to those who are um, – embodying third dimensional frequency is that what i'm hearing or yes. how yes. okay a third dimensional operating system right so you you all are running two operating systems right now fun right you're running mm -hmm. a 3d operating system <laughs> and a 5d operating system right so the 3d operating system uses law of attraction we're making this very simple it's much bigger than this but we're simplifying it right now you use law of attraction your emotions attract to you your reality end of story 5d operating system you use vibration and frequency you hold from a focused place that vibration that frequency and create you don't attract as a 5d being you create you create something out of nothing in 5D reality. You can't do that as third dimensional being. The only thing you can create in 3D that seems to come out of nowhere is a baby, a new being, right? <laughs> Procreation. Mm -hmm. So your sexual operating systems are going through a massive overhaul right now as you disconnect from those third dimensional procreative sexual operating systems and activate your 5D creator operating systems. Which so how does that differ? How does that differ sexually from the it 3D? May may, it may or may not have a sexual component. That'll be up to you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's this. So this is, you know, I'll just reference my package right now. There's a whole transmission on the shift in our sexual operating systems. You know, when, when I work one-on-one -on -one and individually, sex is... Um, one of the most common topics that are being addressed that's being addressed right now and the shift in our sexual operating systems everyone 
is accessing their sexual trauma, whether it be from this lifetime or other lifetimes. Many people are not finding themselves feeling a desire to have sex, whether partnered or not, which is creating tremendous confusion, whether partnered or not, right? Because we're so programmed to have a very specific experience of sex in relationship. And then <clears throat> we're here integrating and reascending. So this is not your regular old third dimensional lifetime that we're having. And in, and it's just massively confusing for all right now as we navigate our way through this shift. Well, and I would imagine, especially if people are partnered up with an individual or a partner who may be more... Um, <laughs> may not tune into a show like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's good that you put that in the package because, well, there's a lot in that package, but I'm glad you referenced that because we're, we're covering so much here and then there's a lot more that people can gain from, uh, from listening to all of that. Um, Gosh, this has been an amazing call so far. This has been awesome. <laughs> yes, this, this is the Pleiadians. We want to get one other little quick piece in here. Sure. Uh, so there is the transmutation of trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And as you transmute that trauma, you don't automatically then default to your emotional body and your third dimensional operating system. So it's trauma that's going to throw you back into. Yes. Your, yes. And that's okay. A lot of you are still going to do it. We don't want you to ever expect you should be 5D at all times because that's completely ridiculous and unrealistic for any of you to hold yourself to that. It's exhausting, in fact, for a lot of you that are trying to hold yourself to that. We want you all to lighten up and be where you're at and be more loving and accepting of where you are in the moment. All right. Well, I love that you brought up the, this whole distinction between the law of attraction and attracting things in, in 3D and in 5D just creating. And there is a huge distinction there yes. um, because a lot of people are still, you know, um, feeling bad or guilty like, oh, I've attracted this into my life or this, you know, and as we become more creator beings, we're all creating our own experience. Yes. And, um Okay. <laughs> yes, and if you've attracted it into your life, whatever it is, don't attach shame or guilt to yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Instead, recognize you're only bringing it in because you are hurting. You have hurt to transmute. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. So then once you've done more of that transmutation work, which a lot of you have, you can start defaulting then to your 5D operating system, which allows you to activate the vibratory rate of joy. Yes. Your second <laughs> within your second chakra. Mm -hmm. So we focus on joy in the second chakra specifically. It's it's a frequency and vibration you of course can hold in any of your chakras, but we have given a whole series of workshops that pinpoint particular vibratory rates in each one of the 3D chakras to facilitate shifting into your 5D operating system. So joy is the one we've offered all of you in your second chakras. And as you activate the vibratory rate of joy in your second chakra, which is your center for creation now, not your center for sex, your center for creation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This allows you then to begin to create 
more joy in your life. It still may look for a while like you're running law of attraction, right? Because you're still operating in 3D density. But you're going to find these moments where suddenly it seems like things appear out of nowhere, and that is you holding that vibratory rate of joy, projecting it outside of you, letting it land in front of you, creating something completely new in your world. Yeah. That's exciting. Um I'm looking at the time, and I, I know we let people know that we were going to take some calls. Yeah. So would this be a good time to Great. do that? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you're ready? Ready. We're ready. <laughs> okay. We've had so many hands up for you since before the call started. So um, I'm, all of you with your hands up, I, I'm, I may be coming to you, so be prepared. Let them know briefly what you would like from them so that we yes. can do this effectively. Fantastic. So we uh, prefer to offer guidance, healing, transmutation of trauma, information about situations in your lives. We're going to ask that you ask a specific question. So um, not a, just a generalized, what can you tell me about me or my life? Um, because in that moment, I'm handed the encyclopedia of all there is to know about you. <laughs> and <laughs> then I have to pick something. Um, I I don't uh, suggest that you ask for predictions. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons for that, and, and I used to be a professional psychic, you know, as I began my work professionally, my career 20 years ago, people identified me more as a psychic than a channel because that was just more in the vernacular at that time. And back then, 20 years ago, um, predicting was fun because we were moving so slowly. You know, I could look. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> accurate. Uh -huh. Yeah, I could yeah. look a year from now down the road and go like, oh, yeah, you're going to marry that guy. And uh, that would happen because we were so slow mm -hmm. as creators. Right now, we are creating at such an accelerated and rapid rate. I prefer to work with you all as creators. So yes. if your question is, you know, is this going to happen? I'd I'd rather have you ask, how can I create this? Yes. So specific questions about um, how can I do something? Anything Just, you want. Anything. Okay. Relationships, work, your journey, where you okay. come from, blah, anything. Yes. Just try to get a little more specific in the asking. Yes. And if we can be as um, concise as possible, that way uh, we can get through as many of these as possible. That'd be great to everybody. So thank you in advance for that. Okay, Nora. Um, is it Nora or the, or the Palladians right now? It's Nora right now, okay. yes. And, and I'll announce back and forth when I come in and when the P's come in. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Um, I'm going to someone with the first three numbers, 831. 831. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much. This is Nora. I'm sorry, I didn't hear your name. One more time, please. My Morgan Marr. Oh, Morgan. Okay, welcome. Yeah. Call me Morgan. Thank you. I'm enjoying you and your shows, your creation. It's scrumptious. <laughs> Thank you. Plain. Thank you for being available for us today. Oh, thank you, Morgan. It's lovely connecting with you. Did you have a question for the Pleiadians? Yes, I do. About the red lion beings. Are they from the And I wonder if they are around me. 
So you you dropped out there a second. You asked, are they from where? The Pleiades or Orion. Got it. Are they Um, around? Are they around me? Uh, this is the Pleiadians here, uh, Morgan. It's wonderful to connect with you. So first, yes, they're around you. you. It's They are around you, yes. That's why you're asking the question, right? <laughs> because you feel yeah. a connection and an affinity to these beings. And look, for all of you, as you're accessing your own intuitive and connected abilities, as soon as you ask yourself a question or someone else a question, are these beings around me or was I this in another life? What you're really doing there is you're not yet willing to fully own what it is you know. So instead of framing it as a statement, ah, the red lion beings are around me, you're posing it as a question simply due to a lack of confidence yet in your own abilities in interpreting information. And that's normal. That's a wonderful part of your journey. But we want you all to pay attention to that. Look at the questions that you all want to ask right now. And just give yourselves all a moment right now to let yourselves fill in what it is you actually already know, because then that will open you up to deeper questions that give you access to things that are harder for you to really understand right now. As far as the origin of those beings, Morgan, we don't actually see we don't see a particular origin for for the beings themselves. What we see is you are interpreting Pleiadian energy as that red lion being. You understand? Does that make sense? Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for your question, Morgan. Yes, thank you, Morgan. You're welcome. Thank you thank, for the Thank answer. you, Morgan. Many blessings Many to you. Many blessings. Thank okay, you. we're going to go to uh first three numbers are 928. 928. 928? Yes, that's you. That Hi. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, thank you. This is Alice. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I really feel like um, you were just talking to <laughs> <laughs> and it really um i've been feeling like i've been embodying different parts of me does that sound right mm-hmm. i don't know um so i'm just wondering um um am i uh, i know i'm on the right track i just yes i, just I, I could to... feel you i could feel you <laughs> wanting to ask am i doing this right I, this is nora here I could, i'm just gonna let the Pleiadians jump in here with you, Alice. Alice, greetings. Okay. Yes, you are absolutely on the right track. Yes. Take a breath right now. Just inhale and exhale into your body. Put your attention on how you are feeling in this moment, Alice. And just share with us what you're aware of. How do you feel? Excitement. Where do you excitement. feel that? Yes. Where do you feel that excitement in your body? My heart, um, in my solar plexus. Fantastic. And, uh, Good. Really breathe into that vibratory rate of excitement. You're accessing vibration and frequency right now, not emotion. All of you. Uh, Take a moment here, all of you tuning in, just breathe into your heart chakras, breathe into your third chakras, and just activate the vibratory rate of excitement. And don't ask us how, 
don't tell your mental bodies to go sit in the corner and have a cookie, <laughs> corner, right? Your mental bodies don't need mm-hmm. to be a part of this. Just remind yourself to do it right now. And feel that kind of light, wonderful energy in your body that is vibration as opposed to what you define as the emotion of excitement. Now feel the emotion of excitement. Fall back in. Feel the density of that. Yes, it's still beautiful. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But it's very different. Oh, yeah, I can feel it. I can too. Thank you, Alice, for offering yourself here as (laughs) an opportunity for us to play in this way with all of you. I loved that. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Alice. You very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. I love the distinction between the emotion and the frequency and the vibration. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, Nora, personally, it's literally life-saving at times. Yes. When I, when I can remember to activate my 5D awareness of those frequency states while mm-hmm. in the moment of dense emotional states. Yes. I can be in the deepest space of grief emotionally and activate the vibratory rate of joy at the same time. I can do that today. I couldn't do that a year ago. No freaking way, you know? <laughs> and that's the thing I want you all to understand as you tune in. I use my own life experience as the blueprint for my work with the Pleiadians. Anything and everything I'm channeling about and running through, I'm experiencing as well, and I've probably experienced it, quote-unquote, to death, so I can really understand it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and I hear the the vibration of joy in your laughter and in your expression. I mean, it's it's very clear, you know, that... uh... Okay, are you ready for another one? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to 613-613. Hello? It's you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> it's Callie. Hi, Callie. <laughs> uh, sorry, I've, I've got two questions, and I still haven't quite figured out which one. Um, uh, you, you've triggered so much inside me already. It, it's kind of... <laughs> um, let's go with my third eye chakra. Mm. Um uh, that when you did the the uh, beginning exercise or whatever you want to call it, this, that whole area became very painful, mm. um, as well as a bit of the rest of my face. But that area is quite painful. Mm. Uh, this is the Pleiadians here, Callie. So just breathe, breathe into your third eye right now. Are you able to access and locate that pain in this moment? Uh, when you asked that question, uh, it was a, a grief and a pain throughout my entire body. All right. Just breathe into your grief right now. Okay. Just let yourself have it. Okay. The first pain was quite a physical pain. Yes. I can work on accessing that again. Don't worry about it because the physical pain, it was just a manifestation of the underlying emotions that you're accessing right now. So don't try to force yourself into that physically painful experience. You don't need to because you've accessed it now emotionally. So give yourself your grief. Just feel it 
that grief and sadness, the loss that's connected to it. We feel like you're accessing first earth trauma right now. And as we were giving that galactic history, that triggered the remembrance of those losses for you. And those losses and the grief around that loss is something that you're still carrying with you. And it disables you from being able to fully activate the technology in your third eye. So the pain in your third eye is an implant that you're running that prevents you from having full clairvoyant uh, experiences and prevents you from accessing the projection technology in your third eye. And that's the next step. So it's interesting, you went there on your own, Kelly. That's the next step from holding vibration and frequency in your body. And then in the creator process, you can begin to project via the technology in your third eye, project that joy into the space around you, and let that joy take shape and form. So just breathe into your grief and accept yourself exactly as you are in this moment. Don't try to feel better. Don't try to get your systems to work. Just be exactly as you are. And now, as you breathe, activate unconditional love for yourself. And let that transmission of unconditional love go to any and all version of you that needs it. So this you and then any you in any moment of time and space. Thank you, Kelly. Boy, I just love that, um, Kelly, that you came in with that question. Um, I think a lot of people could benefit from that, and we're feeling that, Kelly. So thank you for that. Um, Before she goes, um, what about that implant, the third eye implant? How is that? How how can you? That was just deactivated. Okay, it was. Okay, good yeah. for you, Kelly. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what the transmit. this is Nora here, that's what that transmission of unconditional love in that way allows. It's a deactivation okay. of implants. So when we use the term implant, we are very rarely speaking about an actual physical body, foreign body in the in our bodies, right? Implants, yeah. we're, we're talking more about distortions in the energetic body that then create thought forms and ideas and emotions that disallow us from accessing our full technology. So when you do this kind of transmutation of trauma work, those implants get deactivated and suddenly you're more empowered, more have more access to your power. Mm. And the vibratory rate attached to the sixth chakra, the third eye, is power. Thank you for clarifying that about implants, because I think that word can can frighten a lot of people. They don't understand it. So the way that you just described it was beautiful. Yeah. Callie, thank you. Are you still there? Yes. This this has been an over 20-year works in progress that, bam. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yay. That helped us all. Oh, my gosh. Callie, thank you. Lots of love to you. So much. Thank both of you. Okay. Okay, uh, Nora, would you like to take another? Sure. Uh, you let me know. What, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to. Oh gosh, so many people. Um, okay, first three numbers are four one nine. Four one nine. This is Erica. Hi, Hi Erica. Erica. Hi. 
I have been studying um, The Course of Miracles, and I was wondering if that is bringing me or if that connects me more to the Yeshua energy. I love that. that You said Course in Miracles, and immediately Yeshua loaded in. So <laughs> hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. Let me let me uh, let me center here. So the Yeshua transmission is very different from the Pleiadians. You'll feel that as it comes in. That this is Yeshua. We greet you with love and joy and honor your light. Take a breath, all of you. Put your attention on your heart. Let yourself open to our love. We are with you, all of you. We are many, and our only purpose is to assist all of you on earth. You create us. We are your guardians. It is why Jesus is such a big deal on your world. (laughs) The biblical portrayal of the Jesus story is very different from the story we would offer. There were many of us who came around 2,000 years ago to help alter what was happening on your world. At the time, you had many different extraterrestrial beings interacting with all of you, posing as gods and goddesses, creating quite a ruckus. At one point, a nuclear weapon was detonated that had universal ramifications. So the ETs were using these kinds of weapons in their own wars connected to vying for power here on Earth. The Yeshua Collective was created to come here to this world, help humanity awaken to the truth that you are God and there is only one God, you being that God. We came, we served, we brought with us healing technology and abilities We worked individually with some in training and teaching, and that information remains on your world today. And then, after a period of time, most of us left. Some on ships, some took our bodies and went, some died. And yes, Romans were crucifying people at the time so that you have your crucifixion story. And then 400 years later, the Bible was created and the Jesus mythology and all that goes along with it was created uh, going hand in hand with the embedding of the patriarchal energy on your world. That was the final nail in the coffin of patriarchy at that point in time. Erica, you are asking about the Yeshua energy. 
because you carry with you the Yeshua vibration and frequency. And using the Course in Miracles, you have activated that awareness and understanding in yourself that you carry that energy with you now and that you were one of those beings who came to this world 2,000 years ago to bring that original information. So when Jesus is talked about in the Course, do I just replace that with Yeshua to have more comfort with it? If that brings you more comfort, then that is the thing to do. So Yeshua is not necessarily like Pleiadian. Yeshua is separate. Yeshua is separate, and yet there are Pleiadians providing assistance, support, and presence. This is the Pleiadians here within the Yeshua Collective. Okay. Think, you know, when you see this is Nora here. When you think about Jesus and Yeshua, boy, expand out much bigger than you ever have before. All of you, open up your consciousness here to this idea of this amazing collective of beings from all over the universe coming together in support of us here on Earth. You know, so that original message from Yeshua that that we are God, we are one God, that was changed and distorted and altered then um, after the collective left into the idea that there's this one God, you know, this 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 guy outside of us in in some big chair, right in heaven. Yeah, that that was the distortion. So we are remembering now uh, the truth of our sense of ourselves as God, source energy prime creator, whatever words you want to use, whatever you want to ascribe to that energy. Mm, okay. Thank you for calling in Yeshua today, Erica. That was yes, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Many blessings to you, Erica. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that was that was good. That was good. I wondered why I went to that call because um, it wasn't in order. um what are you feeling nora at this point so should we talk about the the package yes let's do that let's do that (laughs) woohoo operating from joy (laughs) lady in perspective that is the name of nora's offer uh if you're on the webcast you can click on the special offer link or go to straighttalkforthesoul.com forward slash marketplace and click on Nora's picture. And Nora, you can tell us about this beautiful package and uh, what you've created. Yes. Okay. So the first, it's a huge package. It's a ton. It's a ton of work. Um, And, you know, I had a very hard time uh, picking and choosing what to offer. So I just offered a lot (laughs) because I'm like, I (laughs) I threw it all in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the first offer is a video workshop uh, on how to channel. Connecting with your guides, channeling one-on-one, channeling 101. It's a four-part video workshop that offers information, instruction, exercises to raise your vibration, and then specific exercises for connection. The, The reason I teach channeling is because my first experience of connection with my spirit guide, Mirando, which happened on a cold November night in Chicago back in 1996, was the most life-altering experience I have ever had. Mm -hmm. I was in a depressed 
place at the time, had gone through a pretty dramatic breakup, as we all do when we're in our late 20s. You know, I was it was into high drama going through my first Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting with a friend, and we were reading each other's tarot cards. And, and I had been looking for something other than tarot for years without really knowing what I was looking for, right? I'd, I'd mm-hmm. felt this seeking energy, and I'd go to the metaphysical bookstore in Chicago, and I would sit and look at all the books on Wicca and tarot and astrology, and, and nothing – felt right. I would I'd sit there for two hours and I would leave with nothing, just feeling frustrated. That went on for about two years. So I'm sitting with my friend Amy on this cold night in November and you know, she she starts telling me telling me about this friend of hers that she's just met, Wendy Kennedy. Yes. Who, yeah. Mm-hmm. When, Wendy Kennedy and I are very dear friends. We've known mm-hmm. each other for over twenty years and and so she tells me that she's met this woman, Wendy. They're waitressing. I'm a waitress. You know, we're all waitressing and acting and trying to whatever, have lives. <laughs> um, and she says, you know, Wendy channels and channels her spirit guides. And as soon as Amy said that, I said, oh, that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it right now. And Amy's like, okay, cool, right? So, you know, we're like girls with our coffee and our cigarettes, just meditating. And within such a short amount of time, just a minute or two, I felt the presence of this being who projected himself as a male form. I saw yellow light. I knew his name started with an M, and and what I felt coming from him, the unconditional love expressed to me in that moment was a kind of love that I had never experienced as Nora before. I had mm-hmm. only experienced fragmented, ego-based love, never that unconditional love that is very hard to experience in ego form, and it just set me on this path of integration and reascension, you know, and I did not intend initially to work professionally as a channel and a guide. I thought I was here to be an actress and that was going to be my work in, in this life. Um, but events unfolded very rapidly. And, you know, as I had that awakening and opening, I also immediately started accessing my past life memories and being able to interpret them as past life memories. I accessed healing technology in my hands. You know, I was walking around waitressing and then healing my friend's headaches and stomach aches, not really healing their headaches and stomach aches, offering energy that assisted them Mm -hmm. in healing themselves because that's the truth of it. And, And as I look back on my journey here as Nora and what was most profound for me, it was channeling and connecting with my guides. So um, we recently created this video workshop of a class that I had taught in person for over the last 20 years. So it's on video now. We've included it. So that that was a long explanation. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I love that it's video because people can really feel like they're a part of a live workshop. And and I want you I want everyone, everyone, I want all of you to feel that level of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You know, because as soon as I connected with Mirando, I could never, ever again tell myself the lie that I was alone. Never. It doesn't work for me any longer. 
Wow. What a gift. And and for those who haven't experienced that, they can. And that's oh, that's yes. the empowering thing about all of these talks and sharings and, and offerings. And we all just want to support each other and feeling the most love that we can. Yes. And, and you don't need a special ability because you already have that special ability. Yes. You're aware of it yes. or not. And then the next piece on the list uh, is a recording of the two-day workshop that we did here in Ojai, California. Um, so this was a live workshop and event all on integration and reascension and the blending of the 3D and the 5D realities and more assistance in that workshop as well on channeling. Um, and then there are eight workshops that follow. <laughs> there are not enough workshops, Nora. <laughs> the Pleiadians are incredibly process-oriented, as mm -hmm. you all probably have gathered at this point as I've interacted with some of you, right? They're never just going to answer a question. They're always, almost always going to take you through a process as well, but they also offer a tremendous amount of information. So each of these in this eight-part series, the first seven each address uh, specific chakra and the vibratory rates offered for each of those chakras along with a complete and total overhaul of our entire operating system as we blend even further our 3D and 5D operating systems culminating in uh, I think the the seventh transmission, uh, which is entitled Operate from Joy. So, right, the first six uh, deal with the chakra systems. The, the fourth one uh, covers both the heart and the fifth chakra. And they're all attunements for your chakras, right? Then the seventh here is the Operate from Joy transmission, which really teaches this ability to activate joy from within and operate from that space of joy. And then the eighth transmission was just given on this past vernal equinox called Amplify Your Joy, which activates technology in the throat chakra, opening us up to our ability to speak our reality into being. That sounds awesome. So we operate from joy and then we amplify it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I'm reading through this as you're talking and there is there are layers and layers of layers of information yeah. contained within each one of these MP3s. Yeah. Um, that's quite phenomenal as I glance at it. I yeah. mean, <laughs> there's a lot of layers here. Yes, yeah, the, the, the Pleiadians are very dense in their transmissions, mm -hmm. meaning... I love it. Yeah, they just pack in a tremendous amount of information. So even though, let's say, that you know, the first one is the third chakra attunement, so much more is covered. Than, yes. Yes. yes as you, There's as you an read. understanding that is uh, gained from their transmissions because it's not just, like like you said, just a chakra transmission. There's, there's information, so there's understanding, and there's a lot of layers. So, well, you put a lot of layers in this package, so thank you for that. I love it. And it's only $97, guys. So, um, well, what a gift, Nora. Thank you for putting that together for us. Um, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Nora, this has been a fascinating call. And um, 
I love that we just kind of went with the flow because it certainly allowed for some uh, interesting and uh, fascinating information to come through today. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was beautiful. I loved it. Yes, me too. Thank you. Yes. Do you have? Are you feeling? Um, I, like, is anything else to share or do, or what are you feeling? I, I, what I'm feeling is we have time for perhaps one or two more callers. What do you? Think oh, awesome! That? Yeah, let's, they're still I, there. They're I still think, there. Let's okay. take one or two more more questions here. And there's one other thing I want to add in. You know, the Pleiadians offer all the all of this amazing information, right? Which is is so mind altering, bending, and blowing at times. The other thing they offer, however, within each transmission, and it's just encoded within the transmission itself, is a very specific download of energy that facilitates the transmutation of trauma, facilitates the blending of our 3D and 5D identities, facilitates our ability to operate from joy. So it is each program is packed with information and then also incredibly experiential. And for those of you that are going to choose to engage with the work, I really want you to do it at the rate that works for you. If you run through it in a week, fantastic. If you run through it in six months, fantastic. Whatever works for you. And you'll find you'll want to re-listen to some of it. You also need to remember to drink lots of water, and I'm just going to give that to everyone who's tuned in today. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, drink lots of water, put your attention on your breath. You all received an upgrade today by engaging with the Pleiadians in this way. Okay, now we'll take a couple more questions. Okay, okay, I'm sure everybody's ready. Okay, I'm going to, first three numbers are 314, 314. Maria. Hi, Maria, welcome. Hi, Um, I was just wondering um, if, you can help me. I just want more balance and more joy in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm in a mouse maze and yeah. going and going and going, <laughs> and I um, cannot slow down. This is the Pleiadians, Maria. You are feeling exhausted and overwhelmed, correct? Yes. yes. All right. Put your attention on your body. Take a breath. Where in your body do you feel your exhaustion and your overwhelm? In my belly, in my heart. Great. So breathe into those feelings right now. Do you notice any other emotions as you're tuning in to those chakras, Marie? Uh, Emotions. Not really. All right. We'll just help you out here. We are aware of some really deep sadness in you. Can you tune into your sadness right now? Yes. All right. So just just really be with your own sadness. See how it sits underneath the feelings of overwhelm and exhaustion. This deep, deep sadness that makes you want to put your head down and just go to sleep. Yes. Exactly. 
So run that technology we gave earlier. Feel it, and now observe yourself as you feel it. Accept yourself in your sadness. Send unconditional love to any and all versions of you who need it right now. You know, the more you do this, the more you go deeper within yourself and find the cores, the the real hurt, the more you can transmute, suddenly the more energy you have. The less exhausted you're going to be, the less busy you're going to be because you're not going to need to make yourself so busy to force yourself into exhaustion because you will have addressed the sadness that causes the exhaustion in the first place. The other piece for you, is is about time. You are really still on 3D time, meaning you're watching the clock way too often, yes. believing that there's not enough time in the day to get everything done that you need to get done. And so what happens is you start to speed your energy up as a way to move through your day. All right, as creator beings, When you speed your energy up, you speed up the input. What you need to do when you're feeling like you don't have enough time is slow down. Because if you slow your energy down, what happens is time suddenly begins to stretch out like taffy in front of you. Then the things that aren't that important fall away. Suddenly other things get handled by other people. They, they're no longer your problem or your responsibility. And you find you have all the time in the universe. And let that be your affirmation, all of you right now, when it comes to time and you find yourself in that busyness, right? I have all the time in the universe. And slow your energy down. That slows the input down and suddenly you're able to get so much more done in a relaxed, joyful, and easy way. Okay. Thank mm, you. I know, I know the sadness is coming from feel criticized all the time. I just, I just, sadness about being judged and criticized. Yes, we would say don't even attach a story to it. Don't, you don't need to know the story the, because the story is just mental. And the truth is when you say it that way, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a victim role. You're saying, I'm the victim. I am sad because others are doing this to me. The truth of it is you're sad because you have sadness. You have trauma. That's it. That's just the foundation of it. If it's your sadness, then you can shift it. If you're sad because others are doing something to you, there's nothing you can do about it. And you're stuck in that victim-perpetrator dynamic. So we'll say, empower yourself. Really own your sadness. Ah, I'm choosing to feel sadness. Because at some point then, it won't matter to you what anyone says or thinks. It won't matter at all. All that will matter, all that should matter, is what you say, how you feel, what you think. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Maria, thank you. That was helpful for all of us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lots Maria. Lots of love to you, Maria. You too. Okay. Um, would you like to take one more or should yes. we wrap up, Nora? One Let's more. Let's do it. One more. <laughs> okay. Where are we going? Okay. I'm going to uh, 415. 415. 
Hello. Hi. You're live with us. Hi. This is Honora. Hi, Honora. Honora and Nora. Okay. Honora. 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 Hi, Honora. Hi. Um, I have been actually uh, channeling the Archangelic Realm for a number of years now. And um, they've been teaching me about um, spiritual sex or sacred sex. (laughs) Very strange. Um, But I wonder what the connection is between the archangels and sacred sex or spiritual sex. And I also do feel a sense of the Pleiadians. Uh, This is the Pleiadians here, Anara. Greetings. So when you're asking your question about the archangels, and sacred sex. We feel like there's something more specific actually you're asking about here. What is it you um, really what is it you really want to know? <laughs> um I I want to ask about twin flames because I've been um dealing with the twin flame energy quite a bit. All right. So here's our take on twin flames, on soulmates, on all of it. They are wonderful ideas that worked for you as third-dimensional beings. They are limiting concepts to your fifth-dimensional identities. Your 5D identities understand themselves to be love incarnate, complete, right? The idea of twin flames is that there is this one other being, very specific being, outside of you, that when you sync up with that being, you become a greater version of yourself. What the 5D version understands is they are their own twin flame. Mm -hmm. That's the work that you're heading into now, is recognizing that energy within yourself, that marriage from within of yes. the yin and yang energy, the whole being energy, and then connecting with another outside of you who also has achieved that state of awareness themselves. Yes, that does make sense quite a bit. Thank you. Thank that, you so much. Yeah, that clarifies it. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you so much for calling. I love how how broad we're getting. We're going in so many different directions, but it's so helpful for everybody. So thank you for your question. And uh, thank you for taking it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Okay, Nora. Gosh, I love all the directions that we went and we covered a lot. This was a. I I felt it was going to be a powerful show, and it was. (laughs) It really was. Thank you, Carrie. And I've got to say, Carrie, you just have the most beautiful, loving expression in your energy. And, you know, Kaliandra did not come through today, although she was certainly with us. Kaliandra is a fifth dimensional fairy. And, Carrie, Mm -hmm. I'm so aware of the aspects of you that are fairy in origin (laughs) and the genetic material in your body that is fairy in origin. And it's really been a pleasure to um, play with another fairy on the airwaves today. Thank you. Oh, I have loved it. We're going to have to play again. Um, yeah. Again yeah. and again. <laughs> Nora, you're awesome. I, I love you. you and thank you so much. And uh, to everybody, we are reaching the end of our time together with Nora. Gosh, uh, I have loved every moment with all of you. I hope the information shared today has empowered you to allow for an illuminated balance into heightened states of love and 
empowerment and everything else that is beautiful. Thank you for being a part of this sacred circle. I like to remind you there's no mistake if you felt drawn to this call um, or to the spiritual community because together we expand a lot more beautifully than we do alone. So thank you for being willing to open open your heart with us today. It is a privilege to walk beside you uh, on this journey and I encourage you to open your heart uh, and uh, consider Nora's amazing offer in our marketplace and we'll send that to you in your replay emails later and give yourself a huge soulful energetic hug from me and as always give yourself full permission to shine instead of shrink express instead of suppress and on that beautiful glow of yours I look forward to connecting with you with you all tomorrow in this beautiful playground of light bye-bye everybody and bye Nora As a soul success coach and founder of Empowerment Coaching Solutions, a best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and media personality, Carrie Murphy is on a mission to awaken, inspire, and empower millions globally. Carrie invites you to visit her website at www.carriemurphy.com or contact her at 1-800-704-SOUL. To learn more about her services, products, and upcoming events, and be sure to catch The Carrie Murphy Show, Straight Talk for the Soul, every Wednesday here on Contact Talk Radio. Don't wait. The time for change is now. Thank you for listening to The Carrie Murphy Show, Straight Talk for the Soul. As a soul success coach, best-selling author, media personality, and founder and CEO of Empowerment Coaching Solutions, Carrie is on a mission to awaken and inspire millions globally. You can visit Carrie's website and success store and check out all of her coaching programs, books, classes, and events by going to www.carriemurphy.com. That's C A R I M-U-R-P-H-Y dot com. While you're there, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and then return here to join Carrie for some straight talk for the soul.